I would want to give you just maybe two revelations about scripture. It's about a popular scripture all of us have always read over and over. But recently, the Lord gave me um, a revelation about that scripture. And I would want us to look at it and see how we can apply it in our lives. When it comes to issues about the gifts of the Spirit, I believe that in as much as Apostle Paul said that there are nine gifts of the Spirit, I believe that the gifts are unlimited. I think that Paul wrote that based on his level of revelation that he caught. But you and I agree that God is unlimited. And there is so much in God that we cannot even finish um, enjoying the blessings thereof. And so I don't think that there are only nine gifts. However, um, you may agree with me or not, but I think that there are deeper things in God and deeper dimensions of giftings we have not experienced. And my prayer for you is that after tonight, may somebody under the sound of my voice enter into deeper realms of operations of the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody shout Amen. Amen. We cannot talk about the gifts of the Spirit without talking about the Spirit. Because it is the Spirit who has come to give us gifts. Now, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, the Bible said that, and Joel prophesied, that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and the sons and the daughters will prophesy. The young men will see visions the old men would dream dreams even on the servants both men and women i'll pour out my spirit on those days so I, I want you to follow me carefully you realize that it was prophesied that god will pour out his spirit upon all flesh now this prophecy had to be fulfilled god is both a speaking god and a doing god God is both a speaking God and a doing God. For everything that God will do, God will first speak about it. Anything God will do, anything God is yet to do, and anything God has done, God will always talk about it. Are we together? So for everything God did in the past, and everything God is doing now, and all the things God will do in the future, God always is interested about talking about it. And so if God is both a doing God then, and a speaking God, it means that anytime God is about to do something, there should be somebody available to hear what God has to say or has to do. And so anytime before, before God will do anything, God is also searching for somebody or looking for somebody who will be positioned or be ready to know what he's about to do. That is why when you read a book of Amos chapter 3 verse 7, the Bible says that surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. So before God will do anything, God must have first spoken about the issue to one or two or three people. 
the problem is that sometimes we are not able to hear what God is saying and so we are not able to know what God is about to do or God is doing now God in his plan has something to do concerning his spirit and this thing he had to do how to do with the outpouring of his spirit and this was ordained many 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 years ago so God had in mind to pour out the spirit upon all flesh but before he had he had to pour the spirit what he decided to do was to talk about it and so he decided to talk about it through the prophets spoke about it through Isaiah spoke about it through David spoke about it through Joel and so in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 now God begins to speak about the things he's about to do and he speaks about it through the prophet Joel and says that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and this was connected to what he was about to do and so when we jump fast forward to Acts chapter 2 the Bible said, in the day, on the day of Pentecost, when they were gathered in the upper room, suddenly there appeared a mighty wind in the temple, in, in the place where they had gathered. And the Bible said, it filled the whole place where they were gathered. Now the Bible said, and the Spirit came upon them. And they were filled with the Spirit, in verse 4, and they began to speak in other tongues. So we come to understand that anytime God does something, He first speaks about it. Are we together? And, and so it is our responsibility to, be, to, to, to get to that realm where we begin to understand what God is saying so that if God begins to do certain things in our lives, it will not take us by surprise. Somebody shout amen. And we come to Acts chapter 2, before we even go there, the reason for the outpouring of the Spirit was because God wanted to engage humanity in in a certain dimension of relationship where he will relate with man with ease and without struggle so the reason god poured out his spirit was because god wanted man and him to engage in a fellowship that was so intimate somebody say intimacy god wanted a very romantic intimate intercourse a strong fellowship koinonia a deep relationship with him one that man cannot understand one that is even it goes beyond the relationship between a husband and a wife god wanted a deep one and he could only do that through his spirit coming upon us and that was the essence of the spirit coming i want you to get this foundation well so that when we talk about the giftings it will not be a difficult thing the reason you have the Holy Spirit is not for tongue speaking alone. The reason you have the Holy Spirit is to be able to flow easily with God. So anybody who has the Spirit but cannot hear God, cannot know the things God is doing or God is saying, I don't know what Spirit you have received. But what I know is that the Spirit came so that we will have a deep intimate relationship with Him. Are we together? Are we together? Are we together and so that is the reason for the outpouring now I want to show you something about the gift of the Spirit before we even come there in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 there is something the Lord revealed to me about that scripture and I want to share with you and then we'll look at other things in Acts chapter 2 the verse number 1 to 4 the Bible said that when the day of Pentecost had come they were all together in one place. 
suddenly a sound like a mighty, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, I want to ask you a question. Let's go to verse 2. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Those English students or students studying English here, you agree with me that when you hear the word as of, like, it means that what he's talking about is not the original thing. Hello? Am I right? Are we together? So when somebody say he is like, it means that he is not that person. He is like this, it means he's not that. He's just having some qualities or characteristics or resemblance. The Bible said that the sound like that came from heaven, it filled the whole house. But the sound was like the blowing of a wind. So it means that the sound that came was not a wind. Now, number two, the sound came from heaven. Which means that the sound was not the sound of a keyboard or the sound of a microphone or the sound of a human being. It was a sound from heaven, meaning the sound was a supernatural sound. I am building a point to explain to you that the reason for the outpouring of the Spirit is primarily because of the prophetic. And the spirit will come upon all flesh. And the sons and the daughters will prophesy. And the young men will see visions. And the old men will dream dreams. These are the things the Bible spoke about. Concerning that which was yet to come. And when we entered the season of the manifestation of the gate. The Bible says that the day they were gathered. The sound that came from heaven was a spiritual sound it would take a spiritual ear to hear a spiritual sound so it means that when they were gathered in the upper room one of the first things that happened was that the holy spirit when he was coming he gave the 120 people that were gathered a supernatural ear or an ability to hear from heaven are we together number two it says that and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them what seemed to be it means that what came was not fire what came from heaven was if it was physical fire i am sure that they would all would have been killed or they would have been dead by now consumed by the fire what came upon their heads was not physical fire it was a spiritual fire they saw. The Bible said they saw. They saw. It means that when the Holy Spirit was coming, one of the second abilities he gave the 120 was the supernatural ability to see into the Spirit. So now we establish two facts here. Number one is the ability to hear and number two, the ability to see. And when you jump to verse 4, that verse 4 says, And all of them were filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues. So he realized that the prophetic, which has to do with hearing and seeing, hearing and seeing, hearing and seeing, was the first thing that happened to them even before they were filled with the Spirit, and even before they spoke in tongues. So 
before tongue speaking, the first manifestation was the prophetic. They had the ability to see and to hear, even before they spoke in tongues. So when you are a believer or you are a Christian, one of the things you need to emphasize if you claim you have the Holy Spirit is that you should have the ability to see and to hear. And it is not something you are now going to look for because you have received the Holy Ghost. That capacity has been given to you. Somebody shouted men in the house. Are you understanding me? So everybody here, look into somebody's eye and tell the person, you have been given by the Spirit ability to see and to hear. Are we together? So all of us have the ability. Now, let's go to the next dimension. Can we move to the next level now? The next level is this. When you read the account of Luke chapter 4, the Bible says that before Jesus began his ministry, he was sent to the wilderness. He fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. Understand this, that Jesus, even though he was God, he was also 100% man and 100% God. No, when Jesus was working on this earth, the spirit that came upon him, where he said that now the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, he has anointed me to preach the good tidings and all of that, the manifesto of Jesus. The same spirit that came upon Jesus is the same spirit that was poured when he left upon the disciples. Are we together? The spirit that came upon Jesus, that made Jesus look into somebody's eyes who was, who was, who was blind and tell the person to receive healing. The same spirit that came upon Jesus that made him raise Lazarus back to life is the same spirit that was poured on the day of Pentecost. And that same spirit is the spirit you and I have. So anything Jesus did, we can also do. Amen in the house. Anything Jesus did, we can do what? Also. Because we have that same spirit in us. When Jesus came to the earth, one of the things he did was he manifested the, the gifts. He manifested the gifts. And the gifts that he manifested most, which I want to deal with tonight briefly, has to do with the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the gift of prophecy. Apostle, according to Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 12, we know that we have nine gifts. But when you read Romans chapter 12, you also realize that we have other gifts, six gifts there. Then when you read Ephesians chapter 4, we also know that we have about five gifts also given. A total of about 21 gifts in all. Now when you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there is something that a lot of people teach, which I think that we all need to look at it again concerning the gift of word of knowledge. A lot of people teach that the word of knowledge has to do with receiving a certain ability to know things that relates to the past and the present. And they say that the word of wisdom has to do with the future. How many of you have heard that before? Oh, let me see by a wave of hand. Okay, very powerful. But recently, I begin to think that the... There, there is something that we need to also look at very well. 
You know, some of us, we came to meet them saying it, and we've not really studied much, and we've also accepted it, that that is how it is. But I, I, I want to present with you another phenomenon. Maybe you may want to like it, or maybe I'll make some disciples out of that tonight. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. You see, it is not by any mere reason Paul chose the word, word of knowledge and another word of wisdom. It is not just by mistake or for the fun of it. Once he said word of knowledge, it means that that gift has to do with something with knowledge. And once he says word of wisdom, it means that that thing has to do with wisdom. It is not just for fun. Are we together? Now, when we talk about, about knowledge, knowledge has to do with accumulation of facts. In simple terms, you have, you have facts about certain things. It means you have knowledge about that thing. Now, when we talk about wisdom, we are talking about the application, the right application of the knowledge acquired. So that if you know that any animal with a big head, with a small waist, with a tiny tail, who roars and make noise in the jungle, could be a lion. That fact, those facts you know, gives you a certain knowledge about that animal. But wisdom will teach you that when you meet such an animal in the forest, you don't go with a chain and say that I want you to be my pet. And you bring that animal to your house. Am I talking to somebody? So when you apply wisdom to knowledge, wisdom is only the right application of the knowledge acquired. Now, let me say this. Word of knowledge is not only limited to knowledge about the past and the present. Word of knowledge has to do with a supernatural knowledge about something which by the natural means you can never know. It is a knowledge given to you concerning issues that relate to the past, issues that relate to the present, and issues that relate to the future. So any knowledge about the future which you cannot ordinarily know by your human intellect or by your academic uh, skills or whatever is a, is a knowledge from God concerning the future. As long as it is a knowledge given to you, as long as it is a fact about something you don't know concerning the future, it becomes word of knowledge. If it's about the past, it becomes word of knowledge. So if it's about the present, it's about word of knowledge. Now, when it comes to word of wisdom, a lot of people receive word of knowledge, but they don't know how to apply it. When God gives you a certain, a certain wisdom to apply the word of knowledge, then that wisdom becomes word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is not the same as wisdom because everybody can have wisdom. But this word of wisdom is a supernatural gift that God also gives to somebody through the Spirit. It comes only through the spirit where you receive the right application, the right method, the right things to say, the right word concerning how to apply the word of knowledge. So, for example, Joseph in the Bible was in the prison and he received a word of knowledge. Okay, about, 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 um, I mean, let me say that there was a dream that he had to interpret. Okay, he, he, he received the word of knowledge about the dream, the meaning of the dream, and spoke about it. But after speaking about it, concerning the, the future, what was word of wisdom supposed to do? Word of wisdom now taught them that 
Joseph now had to look for places of storage and then begin to organize the whole town that they should gather all the grains and the beans and all the, all the things, and the cereals, into the storage house. So that for the next seven years after the famine, they can still have some in, in abundance to feed the people. That is the right application of the word of knowledge. Are we together? So Solomon, for example, will sit in his chair and then he's beginning to look at a situation between two women. All of them are claiming that the baby is theirs. So as Solomon sits in the chair, he knows for sure that one of the women is the mother to the baby. But he doesn't know how to get the thing done. So as he sits in chair, he applies all the techniques, it doesn't work. Then suddenly, the spirit of the Lord, which came upon him, gave him a word that, hey, my servant, go and bring that uh, security man, let them carry a sword. I want you to take this baby, cut the baby into two. This one, it is not wisdom in the natural. Hello? Oh, do I have some witnesses here? This one, when you bring it to the natural, it is not wisdom, it is foolishness. How can you tell a security man that he should go for a sword and cut the baby into two? This one is foolishness. But it was a word of wisdom because it, the source was from the spirit. And by the time the guy lifted the sword and made an attempt to cut the baby into two, the woman said, oh yes, you can kill the baby. The other one too said, please, let's keep the baby. Then Solomon said, this one is the mother of the baby. So word of knowledge has to do with getting the knowledge about the past, the present, or the future. But when word of wisdom comes, it comes to help you also concerning the knowledge you have received. Know how to rightly apply the word of knowledge. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So many years ago, I traveled outside Accra. Uh, sorry, not many years ago, just last year. <laughs> I traveled um, outside Accra to, I think, to one of my project areas to look at a few things. When I was going, the Lord gave me a knowledge about the future, that in the following day in Accra, it was going to rain between the hours of 6 p.m. And, and 10 p.m. So I quickly told a friend of mine that, please, the Lord has spoken to me about Accra that it is going to rain between this time, 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. So kindly, it, when we woke up, the whole day nothing showed that it was going to rain. But by the time it was getting to 6 p.m., the clouds started gathering. And it rained between the hours of 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. So this kind of knowledge about the future, because it was not yet happening, is what we call word of knowledge. In 2017, Ghana was playing a match between Congo, um, Black Stars, and then Congo. And then the Lord spoke to me about on, on Saturday dawn, the match, the, uh, Friday dawn, the match was on Sunday. And, and God spoke to me about the winner of the match and the particular time the goal will come. So, I went to I went to Facebook. Those of you who know me, maybe you follow me. You 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 may have heard it. I went to Facebook. Some of my those who have my I have, I have their contact. I sent it to them. I told them that Ghana will win the match between Congo. That one it is too ordinary. 
because people can predict. But to know the particular time, that was another dimension. So I went ahead to tell them that the goal will come on the 63rd minute. And, and <laughs> the goal will come on the 63rd minute and black stars will win the match. So I, I put it on my Facebook wall like that. And then I sent it to my colleagues. That was Friday dawn. Saturday came. I told my wife about it. Sunday came. The match was going on. And 62 minutes, no goal had come. On the 63rd minute, the goal came. And the, the goal came, and then the people scored again to equalize. Then just when they were about to end somewhere, there was a penalty. And then our player scored the penalty, and it was 2-1. And Black Stars won the match. This one, some people are shouting goal. I wonder if it's about this one. <laughs> so this one was a knowledge about the future. You see that this, this thing had not happened. But God now gave a knowledge about that which was yet to happen. I went to Achimota Forest. I met a group of people. I went to pray. But I met a friend who invited me to join their team. When I went there, he said I should minister to people. There are a group of people there praying. Then I picked the lady. I said, Madam, the Lord has shown me a woman by the name Elizabeth. Who is Elizabeth? She said, I am Elizabeth. Then I said that I'm seeing the number 47. How old are you? She says, I'm 47 years old. Then I go on to say that there is this situation about somebody in the forest. I see somebody selling charcoal, charcoal, charcoal. What job do you do? He said that I sell charcoal. Then I said, okay, the Lord said that there's this situation going on, blah, 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 and you have to deal with it this way, and that your daughter should. So I spoke about, it was a knowledge that under no ordinary circumstance, you can't have that knowledge. I, there's no way, I've not lived with a woman before, I, I have not stayed, I don't know her name, I don't know her birth certificate, I can't tell her, her age just like that. But this knowledge came about something that was happening currently. Now, there was another knowledge that came, and God said that, tell them that they should, his, her daughter should help her, they should gather certain things and begin to work on that business, and God even gave another business idea to the woman instantly. So that one was word of wisdom coming to solve the issue, the problem that was going on. Are we together? That one was well. So if you operate in word of knowledge, my prayer for you tonight is that may you enter into word of wisdom as well. For you to rightly apply the word of knowledge you receive. Somebody shout a bigger amen. amen. And I've already established the fact that when the Holy Spirit was poured, before they spoke in tongues, they heard and they saw. And the prophetic has to do with hearing and seeing. As long as you are hearing and seeing, you are prophetic. I've, I'm going to release my book on the 18th of April. The title of the book is Igniting the Prophetic. And I was telling my, my friend that, that in the book I've stated that you don't need to be a prophet to be prophetic. God's will for every child of God, every believer, every believer, God wants every child of his to be prophetic. In other words, God wants you to be sensitive, hearing and seeing. So that you'll be able to know the things he's doing, the things he did, and the things he's about to do in our lives. 
So this is one dimension of the gift. When it comes to the gift of prophecy, it has to do with speaking the mind of God to an individual or to a group of people. Speaking the mind of God. And anytime prophecy comes, there are three things prophecy comes to do. Prophecy comes to comfort. Prophecy comes to exalt. And prophecy comes to edify. When somebody looks at you and says, I am prophesying to you, uh, like today when I was coming, somebody called me that, that in 2012, there was a prophecy to her that she was going to die. And I said, no, that one was not a prophecy. That one was not a prophecy. So somebody looks at you and says, you are going to die in three days' time. It is not prophecy. Because prophecy must edify comfort and exalt. So, for example, in um, last, I think in January, there was a program held at Pentecost University College and I went to minister. Whilst I was ministering, there was a young man there. Before the program, I had had a dream about the person and I had had gotten the name of the person. I picked the guy up and I said that God is going to give you life. So when I come to you and I say God is going to give you life, I have exalted you.